This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Let's pray. Lord God, as as we gather to worship you, we humbly ask, speak, O Lord, and fill us with your truth. Pray this in the powerful and saving name of Jesus. Amen. In the summer when I was a kid growing up, almost every summer day I'd walk across the street to our neighborhood pool and go swimming to get relief from the Texas heat. One of the things I remember from those times at the swimming pool was not only the refreshing water, but the really cool songs that were blaring out of the radio. For my children, it was much the same. We didn't have a neighborhood pool, but we had a community pool that was close by, and they would go by to the pool almost every day, and I'd go and pick them up, and the radio would be blaring with all these songs going on. For a lot of us, songs are really important in our lives, and and for a lot of us, we have a, a lot of memories about summer and songs. For those of us who live in the Milwaukee area, summer and songs, they just really seem to go together, right? There's Summerfest and all the bands there, State Fair, there's indoor and outdoor concerts, there's even a community concert held right here. Question I have for you right now is, what is one of your favorite songs? What's one of your favorite songs. If you're worshiping online, put your answer in the chat, please. And for those of us here at the Ministry Center, why don't you share with someone sitting close by you one of your favorite songs? Go ahead. All right. Songs have a way of getting stuck in our head rent free, right? They just play over and over sometimes and we can't get rid of them. Songs not only stick in our head, they also touch our emotions. You can be driving along, whether that's on vacation or simply to the grocery store or the bank or whatever it might be, and a song comes on that you haven't heard in a long time, and it takes you back to a place in time. And you can picture people, and you can picture the emotions that you had with that song, whether those were happy emotions or or sad emotions. Songs play an important part of our life in the Bible, Right in the middle of the Bible is this book called Psalms. The Psalms are songs, poems, and prayers that are meant to be sung, all of them. They're Psalms that that talk about adoration and love and praise. And and there are Psalms that, that talk about lament and regret and sorrow and grief. In other words, no matter where you're at in life, no matter what you're going through, there's a psalm for that. 
Today, we're beginning a, a new series called Summer Playlist. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at a, a number of the Psalms in this series. And today we're gonna look at, at Psalm one and two because the ancient church, ancient Jewish people and ancient Christians, they, they often combine Psalm one and two into just one Psalm. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna answer the question, how can you live a blessed life even in tough times. Okay. So let's go to Psalm 1. It says, Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction." The very first word in the book of Psalms is blessed. Who doesn't want to have a blessed life? Who doesn't want to be happy? And so the Psalms just speak into us right away from the beginning. Blessed. The thing that we have going on in, in our culture is, is not anything new. It actually goes back to at least a culture about 3,000 years ago where we think of being happy and blessed as a culture that we're free to do whatever we want. If it feels good, do it. We want to follow our feelings, right? And then that, we think, and culturally anyway, that we'll be blessed and we'll be happy no matter what God's word says, right? Just follow your feelings and you'll be happy and blessed. But think about that. Being happy and blessed apart from God and apart from God's word, that's kind of like saying that a, that a train is gonna be free and happy and blessed as soon as it jumps the tracks. How well is that gonna work? Right? Saying that, that we would be free and happy and blessed uh, apart from God and his word, well, that's kind of like uh, a tree thinking it is blessed when the wind knocks it out of the soil that's providing it nourishment. It's been set free. Or maybe it's like a fish that thinking it's free and blessed as soon as it is removed from the lake on that fishing hook. Let's see what Psalm 1 says again about that very thing. It says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Okay? And so as we look at those words, we have three phrases with three key parts to each one. The first one, walk in step with the wicked, stand in the way of sinners and sit in the company of mockers kind of progressively gets worse. 
Just kind of picture someone walking down the street. They're just walking by, minding their own business, and all of a sudden something catches their attention. They glance over at it. And as they, they glance over at it, they, they stop walking and they stand there and they think about it. And, and it seems to be pretty good as they contemplate it. And then the next thing you know, they're, they're sitting down in the middle of it and doing it and then bragging about doing it. That's kind of the way temptation and sin works, right? We maybe just be going along our own way, just walking along, and all of a sudden it catches our attention. We start to think about it. The next thing you know, we're doing it. And then even trying to defend it. Has that ever happened to you? Or am I the only one? You know, this doesn't just happen to us as individuals. It happens to us collectively as a, a group of individuals, as nations. It becomes systemic. Let's look at Psalm 2 and see what it says about that. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let's break their chains and throw off their shackles. Let's be free. Let's do what we want to do. In Psalm 2, and what happens too in our culture and sometimes in our own life too, we rebel then against God and try to have that freedom and that blessing apart from God. The scriptures here, what it's talking about, it even points to really what happened in Jesus' life, right? When it talks about fighting against the Lord and against the Lord's anointed, that's Jesus, okay? And as we go into the scriptures, we see that's exactly what happened. King Herod, ruler in Rome, and also Governor Pilate in Rome, those two guys understand they didn't like each other at all. They didn't trust each other one bit, but they teamed up against the Lord's anointed, they teamed up against Jesus. And at the very same time, the religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they didn't like each other either. They disrespected each other. They hated each other. But they too joined forces together against Jesus, the Lord's anointed. And so those four groups really all went together against Jesus. And what they determined was that Jesus had to die. And he died. But how foolish it is to fight against God. Jesus died. But as you know, he didn't stay dead. Our world is a lot like that, rebelling against the Lord's anointed. See, our world doesn't have a problem with a generic God, a, a Lego God, if you will, a God that you can build and manipulate and move around and change to, to fit your whims and, and desires. That's okay. But that's not who Jesus is. Jesus doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
Jesus can't be manipulated or contorted or bribed. Jesus has all authority and he rules with all that authority, with truth and grace. So how can you live a blessed life even in tough times? Well, the first thing is, is don't look for blessing apart from God. So rebelling against God, that isn't a way to find blessing and freedom. Let's go back to to Psalm 1 and crank up the volume a little bit on it, all right? It says, blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season tree planted by streams of living water. For us, we might as well, since we're, we're in Wisconsin here, is, you know, let's just think about an evergreen tree, okay? The evergreen tree is, is alive and vibrant in the heat of summer, okay? Still green. When it gets bitter cold outside in the wintertime and the wind is howling, the evergreen tree is still green. No matter the season, no matter the circumstance, even in difficult times, that tree is green. So how can you and I remain green, remain alive, be blessed when we have tough times? We're living in tough times. There's wars and rumors of wars. There's injustice. There's inflation. There's political discord. There's tragedy. There's calamity. There's sickness. There's disease. There's anxiety, depression. How can we live a a blessed life with all of that emotional weight? The psalmist says, by delighting in God's law and meditating on it day and night, When the psalm uses the word law, understand this isn't just the the Ten Commandments, you know, the thou shalts and the thou shalt nots, the you shalls and and the you shall nots. It's that, but it's more than that. It's all of God's word, okay? All of God's word that, that are instructive and all of God's word that talks about rescue and things like that as well. So delight in God's law and meditate on it day and night, okay? And when it's talking about meditate, this isn't uh, the concept that we have now with Eastern meditation where you try to empty your mind of everything. It's just the opposite. It's fill your mind with God's word. Fill your mind with that truth. So it's, words of instruction and words of rescue. And again, meditate on it because as you do so, what you're gonna find out, right, is that God's word is really about you and Jesus. A number of us here uh, have been lifelong Christians, right? So how's that whole meditating on God's law day and night thing. How's that going for you? 
if we're honest, most of us struggle with that. Struggle to find time. We struggle because we don't know where to start. We, we struggle because we look at that big book, the, the Bible, and we, we think it's like an instruction manual, like that manual that you have in the glove compartment in your car. And it's just not that interesting to read. We struggle because of our own rebellion and sin. Psalmist directs us back now, meditate on on God's law because it's going to show you and tell you what Jesus has done for you. The Bible is a book about you and me and Jesus, okay? So how can you live a blessed life even in tough times? Meditate and delight in God's word so that you see Jesus. Not just black on white teaching, but you see the person of Jesus because Jesus is where blessing and freedom is found. Psalm 2, 7 says this, I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you're my son. Today, I become your father. This is the key part of Psalm 2 because Psalm 2 is a messianic psalm. In other words, it's talking about Jesus. This verse is Jesus, the Savior, coming into the world. This verse is quoted any number of times in the New Testament. One of the times it's it's quoted in the New Testament is in the book of Hebrews. And in the book of Hebrews, it's confirming that Jesus is the Lord, the Lord's anointed, that Jesus is God, his deity. It says this, for to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I've become your father. Jesus isn't an angel. He's far greater than that. He's God. Another occasion where this scripture passage is repeated in the New Testament is in Acts chapter 13, where it's talking about Jesus' resurrection victory. It says this, we tell you the good news, what God promised our ancestors, he has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. As it is written in the second Psalm, you are my son today, I have become your father. See, when you and I grab up that big book, the Bible, with 66 books in it, right? 39 in the Old Testament and 27 in the New Testament. When you and I open up that big book, we can see Jesus and not instructions. See, the the Bible isn't a how-to book. It's a whodunit book. Jesus says this, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. He's, He's speaking to the Pharisees and stuff. You guys think it's an instruction book. You think you're gonna earn favor He says, but 
These are the very scriptures that testify about me. See, Jesus is the one in whom we can delight. That big old book, the Bible, is talking about what Jesus has done, is doing, and will do for you and me. Here's one thing that Jesus did for you and me that we can delight in him. He delighted in God's word. Hebrews 10, seven says, here I am, Jesus is talking, here I am, I've come to do your will, my God. Jesus delighted in God's word in our place for all the times when we didn't even think about going into God's word. Jesus delighted in God's word for, for all the times where we went into God's word to kind of check off the box, right? I, I did my devotion, check. Jesus delighted in God's word for all the times that you and I have gone into the scriptures to try to prove someone else wrong. He delighted in God's word for us in our place. And then it also delighted him to pay for all of our sins, including our neglect of God and his word. Hebrews 12 says, for the joy set before him, before Jesus, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus delighted in God's word so much that he delighted in giving up his life on the cross for you and me so that we could have forgiveness. Psalm 32, one says, blessed, word that began the Psalm, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one who has joy and peace through forgiveness. And that only comes through Jesus. Right? No regret, no guilt, no shame. It's already taken care of. Psalm 65, 4 says, Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with good things of your house of your holy temple. Blessed are those who are near God. Blessed are those who know that they can call God my friend. Blessed are those who are near God, who know that God is their friend. That, that only happens through Jesus. Because of that, for example, we can delight in Jesus. This is how Psalm 2 ends. Remember how it began with blessed? Psalm 2 ends, blessed are all who take refuge in him, in Jesus. Blessed is the one who has a place of refuge. 
Think of a summer storm and being able to shelter and not be hurt or damaged by that storm. A place of refuge. Blessed is the person who has refuge from abusive relationships. And I want you to know that, that we all have an abusive relationship in our life. Satan is ripping on you left and right. You have shelter and you have refuge in Jesus. When you get near to God, find out a whole lot of things. Some of those things you'll find out is that God sees you. God knows you. God cares for you. God forgives you. God is with you. And that God loves you. See, God is, God is so near to you that he knows all about your secrets. And he loves you anyway. God knows all about your secret. And he chooses you anyway. God knows all about your secrets. And he has good works for you to do anyway. How can you live a blessed life, even in tough times? By taking refuge in Jesus. Here's a way to take refuge in Jesus. Meditate on God's word. Okay. I'm going to give you a, a number of options so that you can, can do this in your life if you're not doing one or something already. Option one, read a psalm a day. Okay. Most of them are really short. Okay. A couple of them are really long, but they actually break up in there, in their sections. And so just take a section. Read a psalm a day. Take your time. Just pray about each verse. And maybe you run to a verse, man, I don't know what it means. Just pray to God. God, I, I don't know what this means. Help me to learn one day what it means. See, meditating on God's word, really, it's, it's spending time with Jesus. Take your time. Okay. Option two, version Bible app. Okay. It's an amazing gift. Uh, some of us, maybe we're on the, the YouVersion Bible app plan that, that Pastor Ben shared with us at the beginning of the year. Uh, and maybe some of us have, have kind of dropped off along the way. Jump back in and just start where you're at. That's not about guilt or shame. Uh, maybe you want to join in on that. Just email Pastor Ben. He'll get you hooked up. Also, when you open up the, the YouVersion Bible app, there's a, a little button down at the bottom. It says plans. And maybe you're going through a difficult time. Type in that difficult time, and I'm pretty much guarantee you it's going to have a, like a four or five-day Bible plan for you to go through. 
to help you out, okay? Option three, memorize a verse, a verse a week. Realize that if you memorize one verse a week, by this time next year, you'll have learned over 50 verses. Psalm 2.12 says, Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. I need that verse. I bet you do too. And if you don't need it today, you'll need it someday. Let's say it together. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Good. Okay. It's not that hard, right? Okay. And, and then let's be, I know sometimes people have trouble memorizing and things like that or something, but it's funny how we can learn a song so easy. So that's option four. Memorize a song. The song that's going to be coming up in our service next is a, a song. It's called My Hope is in You. It's based on Psalm 25.5. It's one of my favorite songs to run to. It's on my Spotify playlist, right? And I especially like it when it comes on when I'm running and I'm like on mile 15 and I'm going up a hill. You know, hope's in you. Take your time, have some fun. This is God and you, he loves you. He delights in you. God is singing over you. Let's pray. Lord God, Thank you for being with us always and offering your goodness and your blessing. Help us each to, to jump into your word and just spend time with you. Whether it's reading a psalm or going to a, a Bible plan or learning a verse that we can make go with us throughout our whole life or, or singing a song. These are all ways that you come to us so that we can have a blessed life. Lord, help us to have a blessed life, to take refuge in Jesus, no matter the storm or situation. We pray this in his name, who is above every name, who has conquered all things even sin, death, and Satan. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.